This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, a work of the Ulaga Church of Christ. Appreciate that. That's a good introduction to our lesson tonight. Psalm 42 is what we're going to be looking at, which is actually the proof text of the song we just sung. A lot of times we sing these songs in our worship service, and we might not realize they have an actual setting within the Scripture. Many of them do, and a lot of them especially do within the Psalms. And so Psalm 42 is one of my absolute favorite Psalms, and it asks us a very important question we will consider tonight. And that question is, do you thirst? Now, looking at this, and whenever we go through this, one of the things that hopefully we have as our perspective as we just sang the song is this longing desire to be with God, to be doing things of the Lord. But I know there's a lot of times in our life where we go through probably what we might refer to as a spiritual desert. There's times where we are thirsting out in this spiritual desert and we are longing for God and we're not really sure how exactly to go about being discouraged and, and kind of being disquieted and, and all of the things happening in our lives. And so Psalm 42 serves as this wonderful explanation of what exactly we are to do in the spiritual desert of life. Now what we're actually going to do is we're going to look at Psalm 42 and actually 43 together. Now if you notice that as you got your Bibles turned over there to Psalm 42, I believe that these two actually originally probably go together, and there's three reasons I believe that. The first of which is that there are a number of different ancient manuscripts that actually have both of these joined together as one continuous psalm. Another reason is that Psalm 43, you'll notice in your Bible, it has no title for it. And in your Bible, you probably see there the title of Book 2. You know, the Psalms are actually divided into five different books that are actually just kind of divided into sections there. And every single one of the Psalms in Book 2 have a title except 43. And I do think it's also interesting that the same refrain that's used in 42 is also the exact same one that's used in Psalm 43. So we're going to study them looking at them tonight as if they were connected because I think they have the exact same message and really are very connected in the message that they have at hand. Let's go ahead and begin by reading the first five verses of Psalm 42. And you'll notice here the psalmist begins with his desire, begins with this longing to meet God. Notice there in verses 1 through 5 of Psalm 42, it reads, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the health of his countenance. Through the end there, verse number 5. Now you picture the imagery at the beginning there in verse number 1. Today we would call the heart the deer. So as the deer pants after the water, as the deer thirsts for the water, you'll see there in verse number 1, So panteth my soul after thee, O God. You know, the psalmist in writing this has this longing, has this thirst for the Lord. One of the things the Bible does frequently, especially in the books of poetry, we see it quite frequently in the Psalms, we see it a lot also in Proverbs as well, is its use of describing and using the creation to almost make this visual in our mind. And it really helps because you and I know things of the world, and we're especially blessed in this area to know how deer long for the water. It's part of their life, it's part of their survival. 
We also know that the Proverbs will use the description there of going to the end, learning from the end, and also learning from the sloth. And so the Proverbs will do the same thing in using these illustrations of the creation to help us better get our image there of that longing here as we're describing in chapter 42 and verse number 1. And so in Psalm 42, we're actually learning now about the deer and the deer's thirst for the water. Now picture it, if you would, the first verse as it's described there. Picture that deer longing after the water, thirsting for the water. And you notice where the connection is in verse number 1. So here the deer is longing for the water. And the end there, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. That's what the psalmist desires. Just like the deer thirst for the water, the psalmist desires, he, his soul panteth after God. It thirsts for the living God. And just as that deer, you notice how a deer has to have water to survive. You see, water for the deer is not a trivial matter. And they've got to have it. They've got to be in a place where there is water. They've got to go to water to be able to drink it. And you notice that desire the deer has for the water is to be the same desire our soul has for the living God. Do we have the same desire as the deer has for survival for the water for our own soul looking at the living God? Do we have that desire to know what the Lord says, to be in the presence of those who believe in God? Do we have that desire as the deer thirsts for the water? Does that describe how our soul thirsts for God? The, strong, the psalmist talks about this. It's so strong that he wishes he could go there. In verse number 2 he says, My soul thirsteth for God. He says and continues, For the living God, when shall I come and appear before God? He is longing, he has this desire to go and meet God. That's how bad he wants to be with God. He has this desire as that deer pants for the water. And a very important thing for you and I to consider tonight as we look at this and apply it to our own lives, do we truly thirst for the Lord? Do we truly love the Lord? Can we see it in the things that we do in our life? Ask yourself these questions as ask myself. Do we thirst to talk about spiritual things? Do we long for spiritual things to talk about them, to discuss them? Do we thirst to study God's revealed Word? Do we long for that study of God's revealed Word? Do we thirst to study with other disciples? Do we thirst to be with the brethren? To be with brothers and sisters in Christ? Do we thirst for that? Do we have the same thirst that the psalmist describes there and says in verse number 2, When shall I come and appear before God? That's how bad that he wanted to go and be with God. As the deer pants for the water. As he does it for survival, how bad do we thirst for things of God, for spiritual things? And as we look at our lives and putting them into practice, do we put them into action? Something very important for us to consider is not if necessarily we are showing up, but if we want to show up. We can be here. We can be present. We can be present at certain spiritual things that we're gathered around and might feel obligated to do. But if we are viewing it as just an obligation, then friends, do our souls truly thirst for the living God? Do they pant after the living God? The question is not if we are just reading, but do we want to read and study? Tonight in coming here, did you have to have your arm twisted? Or were you excited to go into the house of the Lord to be able to go and study with brothers and sisters to worship God together? Did you have that desire, not just that you're here, that I want to be here? Have we developed a thirst for these things and these things of God? In order to develop a thirst of something, usually you have to try it. 
I know in developing a thirst for water, you have that thirst for water because you know what water is. You know what it does. And the deer knows what water does. Obviously, it needs it for survival. So it goes down to the water. You and I understand this for a lot of things. I don't really thirst or have an appetite lot for potato chips until I have the first one. And then the whole bag's gone. You eat the first one and get the taste for it. How about popcorn? Can you eat one piece of popcorn? You're going to eat one and then the whole bucket's gone. Whenever we talk about thirsting for something, we have to have it first. We have to, to know it first. The thirst dies the longer that we are removed from a certain thing. And so in order for us to truly thirst for the living God, as the psalmist describes here, it only begins whenever we truly realize that this is not a matter of just fun, not a matter of just, well, if I want to, it's a matter of spiritual life and death. What happens if the deer doesn't go to the water? What happens in seasons of drought? And deer are going to come past a lot of ground to find water. But if a deer doesn't make it to water, you know what happens to it? You know what happens to him. He dies. We talk about thirst. There's a desire. There's a thirst there. The psalmist's desire is so strong that we read there in verse number 2. He says, When shall I come and appear before God? He realizes and has this thirst for the Lord. But you notice something interesting. And I love this psalm because it's, it's so important for us to realize in the application of our own lives. It's that in reading the rest of the first part of this psalm that we just read, reading the latter part of verses 1 through 5 as we read verses 3 and 4, three and four rather, we see there that he's not having an easy time. He's having problems in his life. Continue reading there, verses 3 and 4. So here in 1 and 2 we find out, look, he's thirsting for God. He's longing for God as the deer pants for the water. In verses 3 and 4 though, he says, My tears have been my meat day and night. While they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I have gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept holy day. Can you see the pain in the psalmist's words? My tears have been my meat day and night. Another way of saying that, it's been his life day and night. It's been his substance day and night. It's been his tears. And you also see the scorn that he's going through. Look there. Have you ever had that said to you in verse number 3? Where those who look at you and, and try to just keep you going and get you riled up or get you downcast or disquieted, as the psalmist says, and they mock and they say, Where is thy God? Where is your God? Where is he at? And despite what those scorners and mockers are doing, what's the psalmist do here? Well, he's going back there and remembering the Lord. He's going back there and he desires to live after the Lord. He desires spiritual things. Now verse number 5 tells us how exactly he deals with these things. Well, he says there in verse number 5, and it's good for a little bit of self-talk here. He's talking to himself at this in verse 5. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. I've told a lot of people in my efforts to help others deal with maybe emotional problems or other things in their life that we really need to talk to ourselves, to focus on ourselves. What do we need to tell ourselves in time of turmoil and trouble? A little bit of pep talk to our own selves. And so you notice here in verse number 5 the psalmist is talking to himself and he asks himself, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? You know what he's speaking to at this point is his emotions. 
As he's looking at his emotions and the problems that he's having there, he's not allowing his emotions to dictate his actions. A lot of times we might get riled up. We might get downcast and downtrodden if something happens to us we want to throw in the towel. And the psalmist here makes sure he reminds himself that self-control, to have control over his emotions, that he's not just going to react, but he's going to think about his actions even in the midst of trouble. Friends, we cannot allow our emotions to get the best of us and control our lives. We cannot be people who do not have any self-control. And that's here what he's going through. The need there for self-control. We cannot allow our actions, our rationale toward God to be dictated by just our emotions. We have to be under control. We have to make sure that we realize in the end what our hope is in. To talk within ourselves even, to remind ourselves what is actually important. You have an issue tonight you might be dealing with with your life or something going on. Remind yourself what is truly important. Remind yourself what we are here on earth for. What's going on in life and what the whole reason behind it is. In the midst of all the trouble, the cheers, those mocking him, what does the psalmist do? As the deer pants after the water, so my soul longs for you, O God. That's what he's describing. That's in the middle of all these problems. As it goes on there throughout chapter 42, it's interesting. Most of the time I think we know verses 1 and 2, but as you keep on reading, he's got problems. Keep reading there verses 6 through 11. He feels overwhelmed and forgotten. It says, Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan, and of the Hermonites from the hill Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night His song shall be with me in my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me, while they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Now you notice the first part of this as we continue and look at verses 6 through 10. He's got problems. He's going through this downcast and overwhelmed and forgotten period that he's having and he's facing. Consider what he's going through. His soul is downcast. He feels like waves have swept over him. He cries out to God. Look what he says there. Why hast thou forgotten me? That's what he says in verse number 9. Why hast thou forgotten me? He says in verse number 9, as you continue reading there, he's oppressed by his enemies. And in the midst of his suffering, he's enduring these taunting words of his enemies. What are they telling him? Well, they're looking there at verse number 10, and they're mocking him. They're saying, where is thy God? That's what he's going through. Does this sound familiar to you? Does this sound familiar to something you might have faced? Have you ever experienced these feelings? Have you ever experienced these emotions? Have been overcome with these emotions? Feel like it's, you're in the middle and these waves are just pounding over you one after another. He feels forgotten there. He feels overwhelmed. He feels all of these things. And I think one very important thing for us to realize is the psalmist here, he's not speaking from his ivory tower. He's not speaking from his throne and saying, look, I've never been there, but here's what you ought to do. 
He's telling us these things because he's been there. He's speaking from experience. He's speaking from somebody who's gone through these things, who's had these problems in his life, and here's how he overcome these difficulties. I don't have to tell you that life is not easy when we feel overwhelmed and forgotten. Life is not easy whenever we feel that God has completely forgotten about us. Maybe we are struck down by others. And so what do we do in the middle of these feelings? These emotions, are, they're pounding over us as the waves. What does he remind himself in verse 11? You'll notice the refrain he repeats as he repeats it in verse 5 and then in verse 11. Verse 11 says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. What does he do? Again, he looks to his soul, and I'd like to focus on the next statement and the repeated refrain. What does he say there? Hope thou in God. That's what his refrain is. Hope thou in God. What is he telling himself to do? He's reminding himself, not just him, what do we do in the middle of turmoil, in the middle of these waves pounding over you? You might have people mocking you. You're going through this phase. You feel forgotten. You feel overwhelmed. What do we do? Hope thou in God. Where do we find peace and comfort at? When our backs are against the wall, things don't seem to be working out the way we expected. What do we do? Hope thou in God. That's what we do. One of the things we read here, the repetition of this phrase, you see it in verse 5, verse 11, and then again in verse 5 in Psalm 43. That same repetition, what does he do? Well, he doesn't just tell himself that once. He reminds himself. And he tells himself, what am I focused on? Hope thou in God. Don't be concerned about these. We have to keep reminding ourselves of this. Whenever things don't go according to plan, whenever things are not going well, what do we tell ourselves? Hope thou in God. Relying and reeling on God and realizing the things of the spiritual nature. Those are things that are important. That's my reliance. Do I thirst after the living God to the point that even in the middle of being overwhelmed and forgotten and having all these problems, but I still say to myself, hope thou in God. He's talking to himself. In verse 1 of chapter 43, Psalm 43, connecting these two together, and I see, make the case again as we continue that these two are going together in the same thing. He now has this plea for rescue. Verses 1 through 5 describe this. He says here, let's go ahead and just read Psalm 43, just five verses long. He says, Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O oh, deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man, for thou art the God of my strength. Why dost thou cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? O oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Now the psalmist, as we wrap this up, but these two are indeed connected. He asked the Lord for guidance, and he pleads there for vindication. What's around this, this, this psalmist? He's writing these things. You see there, this ungodly nation, the deceitful, the unjust. You have all of these people surrounding him, this evil that is surrounding him. And what does he state in verse number 2? 
In the middle of this evil and ungodly nation, who has been his strength? It's not himself. He says in verse 2, For thou art the God of my strength. Still pointing out that God is his strength. That God is his stronghold. And he still is struggling. He feels rejected. He feels so forgotten here in chapter 43. And so what does he call out to do in verse 3? Oh, send out my light and thy truth. Let them lead me, let them bring me unto the, thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. He offers this beautiful call of dependence on God, even in the middle of problems, even in the middle of turmoil. Friends, one thing we have to remember for ourselves is that in the middle of problems and turmoil and in the middle of what this psalmist is going through, that I've got no doubt in our lives, we probably had something similar. In the middle of all this, what do we do? What do we see through the end? Depend on God. As we go back to 1 and 2 of 42, does our soul long for God, not just on the mountains of life, but in the valleys as well? Not just when things are going well, but when things are truly starting to spin and really going downhill. And so rather than letting his emotions control him and allowing these, these things to really spin him into despair, what does the psalmist do? Well, he goes to the Lord. He goes to the Lord. He keeps his eyes toward the Lord. Verse number 4, Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the heart will I praise thee, O God, my God. He goes to the Lord. That's his focus. That's his strength. And what does he say there at the end in verse number 5? He finishes again with this same refrain, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Perhaps the most fascinating part of this psalm is the ending. He's going through a time where he feels overwhelmed, forgotten, maybe doesn't understand why he feels or why he's going through what he is. And yet, despite it all, what's the final part of what he says? I shall yet praise Him. In the middle of it all, I will yet praise Him. He talks about God being His joy, being His delight in verse number 4 of this chapter. God is His joy and His delight. When God is what really matters in life, when God is truly number one, then we may lose the things of this world, but we will still have what is most important, what brings us lasting joy, and that is God. And so in the midst of all of this, in the midst of the trouble here, you know, Psalm 42 and 43... We might sing it as a joyful song, and it, a psalm, and it is. But it's joy in the middle of problems. It's joy in the middle of turmoil. It's joy in the middle of the things of life that are happening to us. And so the song concludes with the same refrain of self-talk. What does he remind himself? For I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. We have to tell ourselves what is most important. When the going in life gets tough, We've got to be tough on ourselves, lift ourselves up, and tell us ourselves, remind ourselves what is actually important. Being strong in the Lord. Not relying on self, but being strong in what we are focused on. Our emotions can spiral us out of our control and into a spiritual disaster. If we, let them. If we don't have self-control over what we feel and the emotions we have, that's, that's a result of that's going down the road of spiritual suicide if we just rely on our emotions. We have to have enough self-control that we don't go down the road of self-pity and, and agony. 
In the midst of all of his problems, what does the psalmist do? He thirsts for the living God. And so what does he do? He reminds himself, even in problems, hope in God. In the middle of problems, I will praise Him. In the middle of problems, I will thirst for the living God. Do we say the same exact thing? As we see here, God has called us to pick ourselves up in times of trouble. To pick ourselves up, and I believe that this is the point of the three times repeated refrain as we see from Psalm 42 and 43. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. To get through turmoil, we need the Lord. And while we do that and long for God and thirst for things of God and spiritual things and going to the Word, we cannot let our emotions just spin us out of control to the point where we reach self-pity and, and agony. Nor should we sit back and expect just everything to be made right in the middle of whatever we're going through. We pull ourselves up and we endure. We have this thirst for the living God. Tonight, friend, do you thirst for the living God? Do you thirst for Him in everything? Do you have a longing to do spiritual things, to be with the saints, to study God's Word? Not just a longing that is surface longing, and we might do it to be seen of others. Not that type, but the deep type of yearning for the Lord. Can we say of ourselves tonight, as the psalmist says, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after Thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? If we thirst for God, truly thirst for God, we realize it's a matter of life and death spiritually. If we truly thirst for God, we will do things God's way. If we truly thirst for God in the middle of problems, we'll hope in the Lord. We'll still rejoice and praise the Lord. Tonight our question is, friends, do you thirst for the living God? Maybe you're one who is outside of Christ tonight. Maybe your condition is never yet having obeyed the gospel of Christ. If you're in this predicament, friend, and you are longing for spiritual things, we cannot have that longing fulfilled if we do not do what the Bible says. The Bible tells us that in order to be in Christ, that in order to follow after God, we have to obey the gospel. If you're one outside of Christ tonight, don't leave still outside of Him. Make the decision to fulfill His Word, to do and be obedient to what God's Word says, to obey the gospel of Christ. To be added to the church by God by being buried with Him in baptism after having repented of sin and confessed that He is Lord. After having believed that Jesus is the Christ. If you're there tonight, don't be in a state outside of Christ. Maybe you're a Christian. Maybe that longing has died off. Or perhaps you're one who are going through the trials and turmoils of life as the psalmist is. Tonight, it's a good time to refocus because it's now. We have a chance to. We're here, we're breathing, we're fortunate to be gathered together with brothers and sisters. Let's help each other along this journey. Let's help each other along this road. And let's realize that we need to remind ourselves what is most important. Tonight, friend, do you truly thirst? We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening.